Let's turn to the book of Ephesians, the second chapter. We'll be reading verses 1 through 7. 1 through 7. And you had he quickened, who was dead and trespassed and sin, yes. where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were natural, were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together by Christ. By grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus, through Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you bow your heads? Most Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray for this congregation right now. We bind every spirit of hindrance, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We come against, oh God, every deception of the enemy right now. We ask you, oh God, elevate our minds and our hearts right now. Help us, God. Give you man to me clear of your thoughts, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. In Jesus' name, in we pray. Jesus name. And everyone say amen. Amen. The way of the true believer. Now, we must remember that God has a plan. And the only thing that is really important is God's plan for the believer. Yes. People have always fought against what God has desired from one way or another, for one reason or another. You find that even when you look even in Judaism, there was a great number of Jews that chose not to believe him. Uh -huh. And that was the reason why he allowed it to so, be so, so that he could go to the Gentile nation. And so the, the understanding that we must get is there are two types of people. Yes. Either a Jew or a Gentile. Yes. Uh, you know, and so we must understand that the plan of God is to save everybody. Yes. That is the whole reason why he allowed Jesus to come. Yes. And so if there was no other reason other than salvation why God would allow his son to die on the cross. You know, you can, yeah. you, you can, people uh, can talk about his genealogy, his culture, his custom, the color of his skin, all that. All of that is really irre irrelevant 
to salvation. If I was dying, I would not care what color the doctor is that's going to save me. If I was dying, I just wouldn't care what color the nurse is that's going to save me. I would not care whose blood that they would grab in order, if it was my blood type, if they had to give me blood in order to save my life. So there's some focusing that we're going to have to focus and dial down on because of the importance of the timing that we're in. Because when you look at there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And there is nobody else that would have done. And you can go searching now. Go into any neighborhood, any part of your family, ask anybody with a doctor. Uh, you may have a rude awakening. Because it's not in our nature to sacrifice our life for somebody else. That's right. Come on, Pastor. Remember, I talked to you last week. There, there's two responses in danger. Uh, it is fight or flight. You might fight, but you might run. And we really don't know what we'll, we would do except when we look at the Bible we find there was a question asked. Who would go for us? Who would go for us when the, uh, the four and twenty elders in heaven he was talking about who would go down and save mankind? About nobody. Nobody would give up their life to save humanity. So God had to wrap himself in flesh and come down that he might save us. Regardless of what you don't believe, in order to be a child of God, in order to be a true believer, you must come to grips with the salvation plan that God has in order to be saved. Because neither is our salvation than any other. What, what does it mean to be a believer? A believer is a follower of a particular religion or spiritual practice. Basically, anyone who holds a strong belief in the truth or something that is believed. A believer, what makes someone a believer? Is about someone who finds meaning and plans his life. You've got to make a plan and follow it for salvation. You've got to do that. I can't I can't tell you and I can't save you. You've got to save yourself. Remember, it was the Bible or Jesus told them, you must save yourself from this untoward generation. You've got to do something, put a plan in place to save yourself according to the word of God. 
If you're looking for some help outside or some source outside of the word of God to help you to be saved, I'm afraid that you're looking in the wrong place. You must look to the word of God. Why, why do you say the word of God? Because when you look at and when you talk to people and when you talk to different people, there are different ideas about salvation. And you, you actually walk away confused. But when you look at the word of God, it says, what I say to one, I say to all. And he talks about the fact that we must believe and follow the plan of salvation in order to be saved. A lot, a lot of folks, a lot of folks believing a whole lot of stuff in this generation. And it's not according to the scripture. Now, if you don't believe the scriptures, number one, can't help you. Can't help you if you don't believe the scripture. Neither is there salvation. The scripture, Jesus told them, you, you, you think it's about, but it do testify and it's written about me. He's just, the scripture is written about what Jesus will do. I know there are some religions that don't fully believe in the New Testament, but that's why they can't be saved. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when you look at all the things that's in the Old Testament, that was typology that points to Jesus, you have to go in a roundabout in order to be saved. The true believer may, may, may reference to the one who strictly adheres to, attends to the practice of religious doctrine. So you've got to make up your mind now with all the noise and all the stuff that is going on and all the stuff that will draw our attention away from the God that we serve. Do you still choose to follow the teachings of the Bible? I know it, it, it really depends on, or so we think, man's interpretation. But the Bible is not left unto our own feeble interpretation. You can't understand it without the Holy Ghost. And if you don't believe in the Holy Ghost, how can you understand what the Word said? Each one should, the Christian duty is each one should, should use whatever the gift, whatever gift he has received to serve others. And faithfully administer the grace of God in various ways. First Peter 4 and 10 say, it is in our service that all we see God's grace in action. We demonstrate it through our faith. So my brothers and sisters, you've got to work your faith now more than anything else. And when you look at the characteristics 
and of the saints of God if we don't emulate what Jesus said in his word and we don't have the traits that is required to be saved. And this is what Paul, uh, the writer here, was dealing with in the Ephesians. He was talking to the Jews as well as the Gentile Christians. That Paul's praise for the believers to comprehend God's great power at work in them. And a lot of times we can't see what God is doing, so we have to have faith. What is faith? We've talked about it any number of times. Faith is the substance of things hopeful, but the evidence of things not seen. If you can see it, you don't need faith for it. If you can lay hands on it, you don't need faith for it. So in Ephesians, Paul demonstrate how God's power works in us by the, the, the describing to the believers past, present, and future. He described what God's power has done in our lives, what it is doing and what it will do. Therefore, he gives characteristics of the true believer who have experienced God's power. See, a lot of times we, we, we forgetting, we have forgotten that it was God that quickened us or made us alive. We were all spiritually dead. We had no spiritual awareness that God was real and God was calling us to salvation until God actually quickened our minds and called us to want to be alive and want to be saved according to his power. <laughs> then you find that uh, we were dead in trespass and sin. Sin had caused us to die. And our mothers and sisters, one of the number one, or the enemy number one to the child of God. We've got to fight every sin issue that we're going through right now and every sin that is pulling us or trying to pull us back into the death or into the, the bondage that we God has called us to come out of. He has spiritually made us alive. I don't know if you remember when God came in your life. You know, you thought you were saved and you thought you was delivered. But when God actually came and made a difference in your life. And then you saw things in a way now that you didn't see them before. You saw actually the life that you lived in. And then you begin to be grateful that God actually brought you out and he cleansed you and brought you in. Hallelujah to God. Where in time past we walked the course of this world. We did everything that every sinner did. Uh, I'm reminded of something here that Dr. Maya Angelou, would, she had begun in one of her dissertations, she was at some school, I don't remember it right now, 
But when she was talking about how we have forgotten our humanity and how that if anybody, any human could do something bad or good, it is prone to the nature of everybody that is human. Uh, so we shouldn't be as so hard and quick to judge uh, because if uh, somebody uh, is found to be a liar, uh, you too could be a liar. Uh, because of the humanness that is in us. Uh, but we ought to thank God that we are able to identify uh, with the spiritual nature of Jesus Christ uh, that gave us a way out. Uh, and we can say the things uh, that I used to do. Uh, I don't do them no more. I, I don't have to live like that anymore. And so we, God has really given, uh, given us an, uh, another character uh, that we can put in place of the lying character. Uh, and we can be a child of God. Uh, a whole lot of folk is focusing uh, on this natural life. But what about your spiritual life? We now we gotta focus more so now on becoming a true believer. A true believer is one who has confidence in the truth, existence or reliability of something. Someone who has. Who profess faith in something, yes. especially a religion. Yes. My brothers and sisters, if you don't believe the word of God is true, you might as well close the book because God can't help you if you don't believe. If you don't believe that God is the one that can save you. You might as well close the book. It's been recorded in the word of God that Jesus didn't do many miracles in his hometown because they didn't believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. One, we must. This is one of the problems with the contemporary church. It is full of people that declare they know God. And they declare that they are Christians, but they don't bear the mark of his power or his saving relationship. What do you mean? They don't act like God can save them. My brothers and sisters, you got to examine yourself when you allow yourself. To fall back into any of your own ways. You must examine yourself. You done left the faith of Jesus Christ and you went back. Hallelujah. That's the power that God. Uh, the power that raised Christ from 
from the dead uh, and is seated him above all authorities uh, and in all is and works in us uh, yeah. there will be evidence uh, as we consider the characteristics uh, of the true believer uh, we must consider uh, whether we possess them uh, but at the past uh, in the present reality uh, of the true believer is not ours. We can be sure the future reality of the of the believer mainly in heaven will not be ours. I wish I had a church. Hallelujah. Are you saved to be saved? Are you saved and on the journey uh, of salvation. Yeah. Uh, are you making excuses uh, yeah. for the way you live? Uh, yeah. Are you looking for a way out? Uh, and a whole lot of us uh, are trying to make excuses uh, for not going all the way. Uh, looking for uh, some way to be identified uh, with the Lord uh, but don't want to go Salvation. Uh, and he refers 
to the Gentile before the coming of Christ the Gentiles were dead in transgressions in sin they didn't know the saving grace of God we ought to thank God that the Jewish nation turned their back on Jesus hallelujah so he went to a people that was not his and he grafted them in Ephesians 2 and 3 says when we say all of us also live among them at one time and like the rest we were by nature objects of wrath this was just the reality for the Gentile mankind we lived in our anger we lived in our sins we were dead that's why when we allow ourselves to go back in our anger, to go back in our wrath, we become dead to the life that Christ has bought and paid for. When we look at all that's transpiring now in this world, it's dealing with anger. It's dealing with wrath. Can't nobody get along. One race against another. We have lost sight of the time that we're living in. When he told us, nation gonna be against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. When we are united under the banner of Jesus Christ. We should hold fast to our faith in Jesus Christ. And we should become the people that live and not the people that are dead. I wish I had a church. When Adam sinned in the garden, the first thing he did was hid himself from God. Sin affects the relationship. When you find yourself in the church of the living God, and you're hiding from God, you won't allow yourself to be open with God and you're hiding. My brothers and sisters, you're not dealing with the sin issue that is in your life. A lie will cause you to be lost and dead. Just as well as fornication and adultery. May I remind you, there's no big sin and there's no little sin. But sin causes mankind to become dead, spiritually dead, 
Uh-huh. I don't care what continent you are. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. But can I ask you, uh-huh. why don't we uh-huh. spiritually take a journey uh-huh. back to God uh-huh. and call uh-huh. our uh-huh. to see what he sees. Uh-huh. Look at what the Hebrew call. The Zemut Diliem, the image of God. And when I look in the mirror, yeah. I want to see what God sees. When He sees in me, Hallelujah to God. When we we look at how we miss the mark of God's holiness, not only in the way we live, but in our speech and how we respond. We know when we're not talking like Jesus. We know when we're not. Acting like Jesus, uh, and therefore uh, all men are dead uh, in transgression and sin. Uh, Romans 6 and 23, uh, the wages of sin is death. Uh, My brothers and sisters, uh, I've got to tell you, death is the paycheck that we get for the time. We spend in sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't want God to pay us for what we do. But you and I, we're going to get paid. The wages of sin is death. Hallelujah. One of the characteristics of being dead is not responding to stimulus or stimuli. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you. So call faithful right now. Don't you know? We're supposed to be dead. And when they start lying on us, and when they start cussing and swearing, we don't supposed to respond. Because that's how a dead man responds. When the last time you talked to somebody that was dead. Hallelujah. The writer goes on to say, if you play music for a corpse, he cannot hear it. He cannot feel it. He can't even enjoy it. You told me you were saved. If you're saved, you're dead. To a whole lot of stuff that are going on in the world. You're dead to your flesh. You can master your flesh. Dead to your mind. You can master your mind. Stop giving in to the foolishness. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul says, A man without a spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit. Oh, God. 
It has a fallen nature. You know, folks with a fallen nature can't but help but respond to the devil. So you got to say to yourself, when you find yourself responding, you're supposed to be dead to that nature. And you've got to, if, you, if it's not dead, you got to kill it that day. Yes, sir. Therefore, he has a tremendous capacity to do, to do good as his nature reflects God. Talking about fallen man. He has the capacity to do good. That's why there's some good in the worst of us. And there's some bad in the best of us. That's why we've got to make sure we're all the way on God's side. God, to please God, nor can he continue, nor can he rather contribute to salvation. A lot of folk think they found God. Uh -huh. A lot of folk think they sought after God. No, no, God sought you. Yes, yes, yes. You can't come to God unless he draw you. And therefore, you should not take his salvation for granted. What did he do? Abraham didn't know that he needed God. It was God that called out to Abraham. Yes. Every man righteous deed are like filthy rags in God's sight. Isaiah 64 and 6. Go ahead and do right. Bestow all your goods to feed the poor. Go help and go, go love on anybody. It's as filthy rags in the sight of God. You can't do enough to be saved. This is true because man's work comes from the wrong heart. A hard notice now. Man's work comes from the wrong. We do stuff out of pride, selfishness, ambition, envy, and jealousy. Mm -hmm. A heart that lacks love. A heart full of pride. Woo! This is often called the depraved nature. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3. Well, brother, you because you, you helping somebody, don't mean you saved. That's right. Because you giving somebody a few dollars, that don't mean you saved. That's right. All lost sinners are dead. And a few saints is too. I hope you don't mind me asking. My Lord. The difference between one sinner and another is the state of decay. How dead are you? Well. Some folks been dead longer than others. But dead is dead. 
The lost derelict on Skid Row may be more decayed toward outwardly than the saved society leader. We don't see things like God sees. Therefore, we try to group folks and we try to generalize and we try, but you know what I found out in our company? That's the danger of missing out on a God's opportunity. That's why we've got to be so in tune with God. If God said, go witness to the wide don't care who like it or don't like it. If that's who God is saving, let God save who he's saving. But no, we look at folks like, ah, oh, you're so sweet, you ought to be saved. We're dead in trespasses and sin. And every true believer understands the sinful sin. You might not want to acknowledge, but you understand the sinful state. You understand more than what you pretending. You, a lot of times, you find yourself thinking about what God has done for you. What God has pulled you out. And you know what I like about God? God calls everybody that's a saint to live on the flesh. At any given time, your mind will go back to the ditch that God pulled you out of. At any given time, your mind will go back to what you used to say and what you used to talk about. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. You ain't that clean. That God won't let you remember where he brought you from. Before God, even as the Ephesians said, 1 John said, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Look how many folks ain't got the truth in it. John says, the truth is not in us. He is probably referring to the gospel. If you don't have no sin, you couldn't have read the book. <laughs> Come on now. If you think you're so holy, you couldn't read the Bible. <laughs> oh, look at God. Look at God. If you think you're so clean, you must not know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Without recognizing your sin, recognize the depravity, Woo! the deadness to God. Woo! Nobody can be saved. My God, you got to acknowledge you're a sinner in order to become a saint. Oh, that's why some people, when they're wrestling for the Holy Ghost to come, and God dealing with them while they're down there on their knees. Going back and forth and going through the motion. God, God just said, I, I want that. I want that. He's naming off this list and tell you got to get rid of that. Come on, Pastor. You got to acknowledge that you were wrong. Yeah. That is if we have a problem dealing with the issue. Come on, man. Why we have a problem talking bad to everybody else but not talking bad to ourselves? Woo! What's wrong with telling yourself you can't get to heaven like that? Come on. What's wrong with telling yourself and 
you're not careful, you're going to bust hell wide open. Stop that. Go back over there and tell her you're sorry. Make yourself obey the word of God. Come on! We need to repent and to repent right now. Instead of justifying our foolishness. Come on, Pastor! True believer, true believer recognize their sin. Paul says that he was the chief or the worst of sinners. Yes, sir. 1 Timothy 1 and 15, when Peter met Christ, he declared, I'm a sinful man. Luke 5 and 18, and 8, rather. Isaiah declared that, that he had unclean lips. What you declare today or what you need to declare today. You and all that. And so did his people in Isaiah 6 and 5. Yes, Two believers recognized their deadness in sin and called out to Christ without understanding this reality. No one can be saved. Yes. Have you called out for Christ? I know a lot of us used to call ourselves going through the Romans 10, the road, Romans road map to salvation. You get everyone who called on the name of Christ, the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you got to know whom you believe. You can't just call. You got to know. You got to know whom you believe. Yes, sir. True believers was delivered from the life of this Obedient. And then this is a problem for saints. This is a big problem for saints. Doing wrong and knowing they do wrong. In which we used to live when we followed the ways of the world. You used to do that out there. You don't supposed to do it on this side. That's right. The spirit who now worketh in those of disobedience. All of us has lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. Anybody here know what craving is? You didn't crave, carry, crave, crave cake and ice cream. You crave, crave pecan pie and, and vanilla ice cream. Well. And God knows if you're a female and you've been pregnant, you done crave some of everything. You might have craved peanut, peanut butter and pickles at the same time. Well, well. Just wanted and got ahead. Well. Follow our sinful nature and its desires and thoughts. Yeah. We, we don't think nothing about thinking evil. My Lord. My Lord. We kind of hide our desires because when they're wrong, we don't want nobody to see it. But we don't think nothing of We don't try to corral our thoughts. My we don't try to bring them back under the subjection. Hey, what can I, I can't let that run wild. Come on now. For a man to think a thing is to do a thing. Hey. So you've got to corral that if you're a true believer. Right. Paul described how believers previously lived a lifestyle of disobedience. Ephesians 2 and 2. Called unbelievers children of disobedience. 
You mean to tell me you're a child of disobedience? My. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Before Christ, we followed the world. Satan in the flesh and disobedient toward God. It is not that believers are no longer tempted by these three forces because they are. However, true believers no longer follow these three forces as a lifestyle. You may be tempted, but don't give heed. The Bible tells the child of God, resist to them. And he will flee. Yes, sir. There's a minimum amount of resistance going on when it comes to the saint of God now. We're trying to be slick. We're trying to hide. We're trying to get away with not being seen. But you read epistle, read and learn of men. Somebody is looking at us at all times because that is the way that God has set it up. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are. Yeah, you see, this is the thing, saints. If you're able to break it, and then you allow pride to come in, and then you start talking down on folks that are struggling, you're going to be in double jeopardy. Because guess what? You're going to wind up sinning, and folk are going to, what? They're going to judge you too. Anyone who does not do what is right as a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. A true brother, true believer, live a lifestyle of obedience by following this, following Christ. Now we are considered these three influences which control the lives of unbelievers are still tempting. Tempting to believe. Tempting. We forget we're going to be tempted. Anything you used to do is going to come back to tempt you. So don't, 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 don't tie a rag around your head and don't go get your prayer shawl and think you're super holy. <laughs> your past is going to come back. If you did it, it's got a right to come back and Tempt you. That's right. There ain't gonna be no more holy than God allows. That's right. You ain't gonna get all away and everybody else got a deal. That's right. It's like you 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 mean folks, you get tempted too. Woo! You can't give in to your meanness because you was tempted. Back in the day I would have slapped them ball headed. Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. My Lord. I used to just say all those swearing curse words. You would not say them now and declare yourself saved. Come on now. 
Paul says, the true believer follow uh, before Christ, believers followed the way of the world. Paul was saying, he was referring to the physical world, was not referring to the physical world, rather, but to the social values in the world. We all have the same values that the world has. You ain't going to get over on me. You ain't going to talk to me no any kind of way. You ain't going, you ain't going, you ain't going, you ain't going. Uh, it's going to be some trouble up in 